Hi, it's Michael Whitehouse, the guy who knows a guy with your motivational minute. So I want to talk to you about gold watches and the economy. So back in the old days, the gold watch is kind of the symbol of retirement, of that job you work for 35 years and you retire with a gold watch and a pension. Who thinks they're going to retire with a gold watch and a pension? Raise your hands. Nobody, nobody, it's 2020, that doesn't happen anymore. And I wanna talk about what the economy is like today and how you need to respond to the way it is today. So there was a time in history when Americans could get a job, go to college, get a job, sometimes not even go to college, get a job, work there 35 years, retire with a pension and a gold watch, and everything would be fine. You do your work, you don't have to worry about it. And during this time, the American psyche got to think, hey, you just have to work hard. As long as you work hard, it's gonna be fine. And the generation that got that, one generation, we'll talk about how long it was in a second, generation that got that, passed it on to their kids and says, yeah, if I have a problem, it's me. I'm not doing well enough. And they passed it on to their, the next generation who totally didn't live in that environment, but they still incorporated this, this shame and doubt when they couldn't succeed to say, well, it must be me. Let's look at how long this period lasted for. About two and a half decades, about 25 years. Not even a whole career, but some people were lucky enough that they happened to time it into they retired in the 80s, maybe 90s, still got to take advantage of it. What happened? World War II, boom. Europe, Japan, in ruins. There's only basically three parts of the world in the mid 20th century that produced a lot of stuff. America, Europe, Japan. Well, by the late 40s, America. Europe and Japan were in ruins. They'd been bombed back to the Stone Age, practically. And, the, and America were, was the country that rebuilt them. We give them the loans, we sold them the products. If they needed industrial goods, we made them. If they needed work done, we did it, because they were still rebuilding their country with our help. We brought them back up, because we firebombed most of the cities in those countries. And so through the 50s and the 60s, they were still coming back. So we were still the dominant power. Plus, on top of that, the Cold War really drove a lot of activity. We had the space race, which was a huge government expenditure, a massive stimulus program put into modern terms. Massive amount of money being spent, or money is no object, which you have a huge goal of employing a lot of people, pushing them into school, getting them education, making sure it's cheap enough that they could afford it. And then what happened? The 70s and 80s. First off, in the 70s, the other players came back into the game. Europe and Japan were ready to get into the game again. We were no longer by ourselves on the world stage. That created a lot of competition. A few other things happened too. Trickle-down economics going into the 80s. Conservative economics, this idea of we need to support businesses and lower taxes. We had super high tax rates here, which funded some of these programs like the space program and other programs, education, those kinds of things, keeping tuition low. Trickle-down economics took that money away, gave it to businesses, took it away from people. You know, labor market shifts. Uh, many women joined the workforce. That changed the labor market dynamics. Um, not saying that women joining the workforce is bad. Women joining the workforce was great, but it shifted the dynamics and that caused, um, caused some challenges. And also weakened unions. Uh, you know, unions were crucial counterbalance. Now, say what you about unions. Some unions are great. Some don't represent their people too well, but on the grand scale, they counterbalance 
business without someone to counterbalance the corporations, especially because in the 80s, the rules started to change. So corporations were more and more required to focus on, by law, required to focus on profits at the expense of everything else. So nowadays, and the rules are starting, starting to go back to something sensible. But for the last half century, if you were a CEO and you said, you know, I think we're really gonna focus on the environment and our employees and make sure they're taken care of, and I think profits will follow down the road, your shareholders could sue you to make you stop and you'd be personally liable for some of the lost profits because your obligation is to maximize profits, which is asinine. Anyway, this is the economy that we live in. So, it is no longer the kind of economy where your company has any loyalty to. It's no longer the kind of economy where there are, there's a lot of funding for education, where there's a lot of stimulus for things like getting to the moon. There's no longer the kind of economy where there's a lot of wealth going around, where uh, the rich are paying a large portion of taxes in order to support government programs. So it's the kind of economy where you've really got to look out for yourself, which just so happens to be most of history before this, and it'll still be history after this. This was a really exceptional time right here. Very short, exceptional time, but it's just long enough to get imprinted on our psyche as what America should be like. And let's not forget, by the way, that this was only a wonderful, exceptional time for white Americans, because black Americans and other Americans of color were generally cut out of it, which is another thing that you want to keep in mind. So it was very exceptional. It was a brief fantasy time, and it is over. So now you need to have an entrepreneurial mindset. You need to be willing to assert for yourself, to work for yourself. Now, you may always work for someone else. You may never have a 1099 job. You may never start your own business. But even when you're working W-2 for someone, you've been working for them for five years or 10 years, you still wanna keep your options open. When you lose a job, it should not be a crisis. It should simply be a moment of action. So many people, they lose their job like, oh my God, I don't know what to do without this job. I don't know where to go. I don't... That was a problem before you lost the job. If you're in the mindset where you need a job, where you're dependent on a job, you don't marry a job because they have no obligation to you. When you marry a person, you're married to them, they're married to you. There's a reciprocal arrangement. If you get married to a job, if you depend on a job, they don't depend on you. Yeah, you leave, they'll have your job in the, they'll have your job in the job listings 10 minutes later and they'll have you replaced as quickly as they want to. So never assume that the company's gonna take care of you, you gotta take care of you, which could mean that you end up having an arrangement where you're with a company for decades, but this often happens because you have options. Having options gives you leverage, allows you to balance things. So you always wanna maintain that entrepreneurial mindset where you are taking care of you and making sure that your employer or anyone else you're working with is also taking care of you because you're executing leverage to make sure they do that. This is over. And if you were born in the 80s, like I was, you never saw this. So don't feel shame that you can't live that life. Because you can't! It's not just you, it's harder today, it's true. You can't live that life and neither can anyone else. So don't feel bad about it, but adapt to it. If you wanna feel bad, feel bad for not adapting and trying to live the 1960s lifestyle in 2020. But adapt to it, and if you do, you can make that happen. That, by the way, is what I do. So if you'd like to talk about this and what strategy you're using, if it is the most effective, if maybe you want to pivot a little bit, let's talk. Go to guyknowsaguy.com. 
and click the calendar button, schedule a call, or just comment below and say, hey, I'd like to talk or message me. All kinds of ways to reach me. I'm sure you can figure it out. Um, reach out to me. I would love to talk to you, have a little phone conversation, see if I can help point you in the right direction, either some tips or maybe one of the coaching programs could be valuable. Not trying to pitch you on something, just saying it's available. But if not, let's have a quick conversation, see if I can help you out at all, give you some tips, and uh, you know, move you into this and not trying to think you live here. I'm Michael Whitehouse. Thank you for watching. I'll see you tomorrow.